Welcome to Don't Be an RDM, your favorite podcast for all things sailing oriented. <laughs> the idioms often come from the sea. I don't know if you knew that. And I'm Albert, and here's me, host, co host. Welcome to Don't Be an RDM. Our favorite cut, his name is Garfield. And he loves lasagna. Garfield was a cat that loves lasagna. That be true. Welcome to episode 17 of Don't Be an Idiom. This is a nautical episode. Finally. Everything has to do with the sea on this episode. Let's hear some gulls. Let's hear them. Bring them up. Bring them up. Bring them up. <laughs> Take them down. Bring them down. <laughs> Bring him around. Is there any C sounds? Oh, see what we got here. Oh, wow. Oh, bring it up. Bring it up. Oh, listen to the salt. The salty waves. The, the waves are so salty. So anyway, um, yeah, we're, we're only doing nautical idioms today. This is uh, the second special episode where Albert and I are, are out in Japan still. But running we're still around, running around, having crazy, fun. get eating the sushi. We're we're going into temples. We're doing kendo. We're taking kendo classes. We're expanding our minds. Cultured fellows, learning so much. Petting foxes, millions of foxes, and foxy ladies. Oh yeah, they're all gonna get the foxy. touch. Um, the Nelson touch. Admiral Nelson. Arr, the Nelson Touch was a cat named Lazarna. <laughs> We're going to attempt to speak in pirate voices as often as possible. Could be 10%, could be uh, 80% of the episode. Could so, be 95% of the <laughs> 95% of the lasagna. <laughs> Garfield often cut a big piece of lasagna for himself and left a small pittance of a piece for Jan. Lasagna. <laughs> so, episode 17, uh, before we get into our idioms of the day, uh, we just need to talk about... Uh, well, we, we are cross with you. We're very cross. Uh, I don't know if you remember, two episodes ago... Episode we, we, 15. Yeah, we said, we're going to be at Jefferson Square, Square Park, Park at noon. Noon. And you can come and eat crow. And at 12.30, we eat, uh, eat our hats. Yeah. Well, Nobody we were there, <laughs> and no one showed up. And, you know, your loss... Albert, I don't know if you noticed this. A lot of people showed up. They were just behind us. Yeah. We set up in the wrong part of the park. There were a lot of people. There was a kids welcome to is like welcome summer. All kids come out. <laughs> we got a bounce ha- a bounce house. We got hot dogs. Yeah, I, I, child I, yoga. I woke up Saturday morning and I, I texted Albert. I said, "Should we do this eat crow thing in the park?" We kind of said that we would do that on the podcast. And I just happened to be across from the park at the time. Perfect timing. Yes. So we got a plate, we got a fork and a knife, we got a crow, we made a sign, we brought a table and a tablecloth. Yeah. Strolled over there, set up shop, even though there was a kids fest going on in the same park. Yeah. You know, but we... we, we One you know, guy thought about it. There are a couple people did really look interested, but could not... They couldn't bring themselves to do it. It's, a, it's tough. It's tough to dredge up all of the horrible things you've done. 
right. and say you're sorry to them about them. I think the looks were more about they just didn't know what the hell was happening. No. They probably thought we were very handsome celebrities. Probably. probably. Unapproachable in that Unapproachable. way. Unapproachable. Right. Because there was also a, a woman, she gave us uh, three looks. Because I had my sunglasses on so I could spy. Yeah. And his eyeballs she, were all over she, the place. She looked back once, twice, three times. A lady. And all three times a lady. Three times a lady. And uh, she, but she never, never uh, dredged up that confidence to come over and eat crow. There was also a lady who was, funnily enough, riding a bike with a parrot yeah. on her on her shoulder. Saw her a couple times. She was probably offended by the idea of eating crow because she has an affinity for birds, yeah. living birds. Yeah. But what maybe she didn't understand was that it, it's a it's a figurative it's a figure of speech. Yeah. It's figurative language. And maybe what she should also understand is no one gives a shit about the fact that you are like, Oh, did you notice my bird? And she goes into the coffee shop and she's like, Oh him? And oh, this bird? Like, no, no. No, and then you flip her the Italian, Italian birds. birds. You get those right up there. Oh, I I also have a couple of birds you might have <laughs> seen. But, yeah. Luckily, my grandfather just stopped by <laughs> and gave me a couple of these bad boys. <laughs> she would fit in well with this episode since it's all about the sea. Yeah. And nautical, all things nautical. Right. Hey, there you go. So maybe we should go back to that park, start screaming for bird woman. Bird woman, come back. Bird woman, come bird back. Woman, come back. Or I've always wanted a bird woman. <laughs> my first woman was a bird. <laughs> <laughs> I keep her on my shoulder at all times. You know, Robert Louis Stevenson's uh, Treasure Island established that that image of a pirate with a wooden a peg leg and really? an eye patch and a parrot. Yeah. It's a lot. This is in the eight, 1880s. It's a lot to do in the morning. Put, put all on, that on. Put, yes. Gotta put on put the peg. Get the burn. Gotta calm it down. <laughs> it's not scratching your face. Clean up the mounds of bird crap. Bird dung. Yeah, you never really think about all of the bird crap that's on your shoulder. Yeah, other when, people. When you're do a though. living, you know, icon like like that cliche pirate. Yeah. Good old pirate number one. Pirate number one. Numero uno. <laughs> Numero uno. <laughs> I think if you watch the Garfield Halloween episode, yep. which was one of my favorite ones yep, of all time, too. there is a whole ship, ghost ship scene in there, right? Uh, oh my gosh, yeah. And uh, Garfield dresses as a pirate. Oh, and Odie, they're pirates for Halloween. Oh that my. No, just would you look? Look, would at, you look that? at that? Wow. <laughs> yeah, I show that in class every year. We do oh, all so you're the, really familiar with it. We do all the. Um, as, uh, as the holidays come around, we do the, the Halloween one, the Thanksgiving one, the Christmas. And then they're all like, can we do Garfield's Valentine's Day? I was like, oh, that, that doesn't dumb, exist. Dumb, 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 dumb. No, no. My sister and I used to crack up at the uh, scene in Garfield's Christmas when they plug in the lights, the tree lights, and they're like, ooh. Yeah, and all their lips. Uh, yeah, yeah, their, yeah. <laughs> their lips are just perfectly ood. Yep. Oh, uh, great. Do you remember what uh, Odie gives Garfield that year as a present? No, I don't. I don't remember. He makes him a uh, back scratcher out of like a, a post and a, <laughs> a little a little garden rake, and then he can get him to right. The, and he's sneaking around a lot in the beginning, yeah. like to and to and from the shed. 
The only thing about that is I don't think Odie asked the grandparents if he could use all that stuff. He basically just took their stuff and gave it to Carpio. But Carfield. it's Odie. Odie is stupid. It's yeah. The, it's a nice gesture. It's a very nice gesture. Yeah. All right. But I don't. you're not taking that home, Garfield. Don't get too attached to it. Speaking of nice gestures, we're about to teach each other some things. Yeah. You're about to teach me about two idioms. I'm yeah, about I got to right teach here. you about two idioms. Right. So, look, we, we're cramming here. Uh, we, we, we're not here. We're in Japan. And we're, we're not doing... We're throwing out the playbook. We're, Playbook's gone. We're not doing the big reveal. We decided to team up, work together, mm-hmm. and put together some episodes <clears throat> so that we can post them to you all the way from Japan. Right. So it's different. So these are, these are idioms that we've discussed before yeah. um, on our on road, road trips, trips yeah. or, or just, you know, hanging out. So we're like, oh, these are some great idioms. They're some of the first that we ever looked up yeah. years ago that we were excited about. And these are ones you probably, you all of you, you probably I've, use these yeah, all the time. Right. And they all come from the sea. They come from the, the nautical sea. mystery. So the Garfield lasagna <laughs> mystery. Like we should really just call this episode Garfield lasagna. That's right? fine. I'm I'm really okay with that. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, well, so who's going first? Um, we don't have a thing. Why don't? Or should we just go? Out. Hey, R pirate. A for Albert. R for Ryan. A R A R. R R. You ready to do this? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Cool. So I'm the A. I'll go first, right? Yeah. Because we're not going. <laughs> not going. Rah rah. No, shish no. kumba. Well, rah rah shish kumba is also a good title for this episode. Yeah, we'll have many titles. Oh, for this one. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna do. I'm gonna. I might as well start with the one of the first ones that we've ever talked yeah, about. Yeah, let's hear it. Which, which one? Is spick and span. Spick and span. Spick and span. I, I mean, everyone uses spick and span. Yeah. I mean, I guess people don't really say that a lot, but you yeah, hear it a lot. I, yeah, I feel like my. I dad, want this place spick and span. By the time I get back, Mister Cat in the Hat, you really <laughs> screwed the pooch on this one. <laughs> what is all that raspberry jam everywhere? You didn't say spick and span once in that. Spick and span, <laughs> Mr. Cat. Are you serious? This place is a mess. I can't believe it. So spick and span is a nautical phrase with nautical origins. Let's hear some gulls again. Bring them up. Beautiful. Fly them out. They're flying out. There we go. All right. So do you know what it means? Spick and span means clean as can be. Mm-hmm. Squeaky clean. I like squeaky clean. That's good. Yeah, that's kind of nice, too. Yeah. Neat, clean. And well, well looked after. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do here is we're going to go back and give you the origin. Good. Right? Yeah. So there's a old Norse word that is span near span and then a little dash N Y R span near. Would you, I mean, that's how you would say that, right? Yeah, I guess span so. I've never heard of that before. Right. So that means mm-hmm. a fresh chip of wood. One mm. just card card. <laughs> Hard, carved from timber by the woodman's axe. Mm. So you are getting that fresh chip. Fresh. Nice piece of wood. A fresh chip. Yeah. You might nice. want to put it on your shoulder. Okay. Oh, yeah. Like a chip on the shoulder? shoulder? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, so when you break down the word, span means chip and nearer means new. And that's from the old Norse. But we keep going. In the 1300s, 
there was a word that was like the English version of that, which was span new. And then in the 16th century, it became spick and span new, which uh, it meant that something was pristine, unused. And uh, the spick part was yeah. the reference to a nail or a spike. Oh. Now, why would you want your nail or spike to be <clears throat> brand new? I don't know. Why would you want it to be brand new? To keep the ship together. Well, I've got just the answer for you. It comes from a Dutch expression. Uh, there was a Dutch expression is spick splinter new, which is a, f- it's a freshly built ship and it's all new nails and all new timber. So you imagine uh, like, like a, a, a ship that was spick splinter new yeah. would be just Nice, like mm. a nice bowl of spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Just, just a nice, nice bowl and, of spaghetti. Nice and clean. Nice Mamma mia. Mamma mia, you can eat spaghetti off of that ship. Right. So uh, then in the 17th century, we got what we're used to now, which is spick and span, which just means new and unused. New and unused. And then in 1933, everyone's favorite household cleaning product was invented, which there, is spick and span. And that just kind of made it. Now we're all using it. That's right. You know, I don't feel like it's used as much anymore. I feel like when I was a kid, my dad used to say it all the time. He'd be like, like, spick and span. Mm, 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 mm. I'm happy to be doing work. I love work, work, McGurk. Your dad does love work. He does, man. Especially if it's outside. Cool. So there you have it, folks. Spick and span. Bet you didn't know that. Mm, mm, mm. You know what? I don't like lasagna. I don't like the cut of your jib. Oh, right. Yeah. Yep. My first idiom, which is also a nautical one, the cut of your jib. This I, is another one. Another one we looked up in the very early stages of this whole game. Albert, I'd like, to, I'd like to think that everyone at least has heard the phrase, the cut of your jib. You know, so do I, but I feel like I've said Maybe. it to people and they kind of, they sometimes are like, huh? Uh, what do you, baguette? 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 <laughs> oh, baguette. I really, I've, I've always really liked this phrase. Use it in a sentence for me. Oh, right. I forgot to make yeah. you use in, it. it. Well, we can do it in the second round. Okay, so, cool. So, uh, yeah, in a pirate voice, give me a fresh sentence that uses a cut of your jib. All right. You, uh, you, matey, I don't like the cut of your jib because of the way you <clears throat> comb your hair. Yeah. I mean, pirates, really. You look like a real dick. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. All right, so what some of you may not know is that a jib is the triangular sail that is at the front of the ship, and it's this big um, triangular sail that is just kind of, um, it's usually like uh, doesn't move at all, so it's kind of like fixed there. Mm -hmm. Um, And each country had its own style of jib, so when sailors would see the jib of the ship from far away, they could tell, be like, oh, I don't like the cut of that jib. That's an enemy, right? right? Or, hey, I like the cut of that jib. That's but, a friend. Yeah, it's a friend. It's a best friend. That's Jib's jib. That's, my old friend Jib. That's, well, that's my old friend Jib. So the first, first use of that was in the, the mid-1600s. And uh, it wasn't until like the 1820s that people started, you know, just using that in, in their their common. Just throwing it out throwing there, throwing around. I don't like the cut of your jib. I don't like the cut of your jib. I don't like the cut of my boss's jib. My wife's jib is shit. <laughs> right. 
So next time you hear that, just think it's the, uh, you know, the shape of their sail. So uh, this hasn't been authenticated, but some people think of the nose as kind of the jib of the person's face because it's triangular. It's pretty triangular, yeah. But there's nothing to prove that. It's just a N- Nothing guess. to disprove it either. Nothing to disprove it. Maybe it's a ghost nose. <laughs> ghost nose. I don't know. I like it. All right. All right, so um, that's our second name. We're gonna do two more. Yeah, we're that's getting the yeah, first. We're, we're R A R Don't be an arty arm. Don't be to the bitter end. Is my bitter end. <laughs> that's my second idiom. It's to the bitter end. The love bitter. The, I love the feel of that one. I think the bitter end is a shocking one because I don't think anyone would ever thought that that is an idiom. So it's like, oh, the bitter end. Yes. The end of something like hurts. Yeah, it's, it's you know, bittersweet or something like that. Yeah. It, right. It's another one of those ones that doesn't necessarily sound like it's referencing anything specific. It's just like, yeah, the end. Ending things is usually bitter. Yeah. I'll be making love to birds to the very bitter end. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for using that yeah, pirate voice. <laughs> um, um, so I'll tell you a little bit about it. Yeah, tell me. It just it means to... Uh, to the last extremity right. or to death or utter defeat. Mm. I just love the idea of like maybe some, some pals, maybe, uh, Oh, who are the ones, uh, Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah. They're like, they're, they're looking, they're in that Mustang mm-hmm. and they are looking at convertible and they're looking over that edge and they just, they should just clap hands like to the bitter end. Vroom! Like that just, I want to do that with someone someday. We can do it. Our last episode. That's what we should, we should be recording yes. it live from, you know, from the, the car from the convertible. falling yeah, yeah. over a cliff. And then as we're going down, we have to we're post it. it. <laughs> like, that's not posting, mess it up. Oh, God damn it. We, you can hear the fridge. <laughs> oh my God, the fucking fridge. The fucking fridge. <laughs> the fucking fridge is really making a lot of noise. Good. Okay. Oh, so uh, yeah, yeah. I'll so, tell you what it's all about. Yeah. Um, so the first written reference of it comes from the Seaman's the Seaman's g- grammar, which is from 1627. It's written by Captain Smith. Mm-hmm. I love uh, I love these books written by captains. I think it's great. A lot of captains. They had yeah. nothing but time. Yeah, and you know they're not writing it. They're just like, are you <laughs> you boy down there? Yeah. The uh, the cabin boy or whatever. Yeah. Right, right. What I say, yeah, and the camera. Because what like, I say oh, is right. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> boink! <laughs> little slapstick. <laughs> Lots of slapstick on those old nautical uh, navy ships. Yeah, um, it was probably so horrible. Uh, here's the here's what the definition was uh, written down in the in the Captain Smith's book. So, a bitter is but the turn of a cable about the bits. And veer it out little by little. And the bitter's end is that part of the cable doth stay within the board. So if that doesn't make perfect sense it to you. Make perfect sense to me, actually. <laughs> they're just like these, they're just like these little posts that yeah. are at the ends of boats that right. you would wrap cable or or rope to. Oh. And you know, it could be the anchor or, you know, nets. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And uh, the idea is is that when you get to the bitter end, that's just you know, that's you're you're tied around this post and you have no more left yeah to to feed out so it's the bitter end yeah now the little the, <clears throat> something that i was reading about was that well what makes that so you know dropping a line all the way to the end why is that like 
death or scary or yeah. dark or whatever. Right. So there is this one reference that like if you were to drop anchor and it gets the anchor just goes all the way out and you get to the end of the bit and you haven't touched bottom yet. That would be like kind of a scary thing because you want to get that anchor on the ground so yeah. that you don't go sloshing about. Right. Um, but they, they said that's unlikely for that to happen because it would be really incompetent of any sailor to not test the depth first right. before dropping the anchor. So it's probably not really that. Okay. But I did find an older reference here that seems like it would be like a parallel uh, meaning uh, or or definition or, or way of getting to this idea. And they not they might not be really be related. Yeah. So let me read it to you. Yeah. This is from the King James Bible. All right. Uh, in, 16, in 1611. This is from the Proverbs section. Uh, Great section. <clears throat> For the lips of a strange woman drop as a honeycomb, and her mouth is smoother than oil, but her end is a bitter is bitter as wormwood. Sharp as a two-edged sword, her feet go down to death. Her steps take hold on hell. Mm. And I'll tell you what, she sounds hot, hot and hot. S- dangerous. Da- uh, what two better things for a, a lassie to be than hot and dangerous? Hot and dangerous. <laughs> but you know what? It just remi- like I don't know what the hell they're talking about, but it just seems like. Uh, do you remember in Neverwhere, in Neil Gaiman's Neverwhere, there were there, there were those women that were cold. They were like these oh, beautiful, yeah, cold yeah, yeah. women. And then he was like, don't talk to them. One like, of them um, assists uh, the main guy yeah, for a while, right? Yeah. And, but then she tries to like kiss him and or take, like, his, life take his life. And yeah. I just feel like that, as she seems like one of these yeah. babes. I would be, I would totally die. If there was like the, the super hottest devil yeah. and everyone knows. You just like, give it up. If they were just like, if someone was like, no, not don't, she's cursed. Is like, don't do it. It's yeah. definitely, you're going to die. I would be like, oh, I'm going to do it though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, but that's, I don't a have a romantic will, way to go out. That's good. It's a good way to go. Yeah. And that's the bitter end. Goddamn right. It is. Be very bitter. The kiss of just a, a deadly woman. Mm. Mm-hmm. Satisfying. <laughs> Satisfying. Satisfying. All, All right. What you got for me? What's next? All right. So our last idiom for this special episode is three sheets to the wind. Mm-hmm. Which, Although the proper way to say it is three sheets in the wind. Mm, but okay. these Never days, hear it that way. These days people say three sheets to the wind. It's, it's supposed to be three sheets in the wind. Okay. So uh, give me a sentence for that. Tell me what it means. All right. Let's see. We were um, we were drinking tequila flights all night, and <laughs> Timmy was three sheets to our wind and stumbling around on the way home from South Philadelphia. <laughs> South Philadelphia. South Philadelphia. Good. What does it mean? Uh, you're drunk. Drunk. As a skunk. Drunk as a skunk. Yeah, three sheets in the wind just means that you are not sober at all. Now, what do you when you hear three sheets to the wind? What are those sheets? What do you think that means? Well, when we looked this up years ago yeah. uh, on our the road trip, I, I thought of laundry at first, like you know, like moms would hang the the, right. the, the sheets yeah, out, yeah, yeah, and it yeah. was like whoosh, flapping around. Right. So I was just thinking those types of sheets. Yeah. But but it's what. It's got to be something on a ship. It is. I'm thinking sail sheets. Now, 
It's not sales. <gasps> oh, my God. oh my God. Yeah, Water you would think that <laughs> you'd think that three sheets in the wind might refer to the sails. Yeah. But it refers to the ropes or the chains that are fixed to the corners of sails. Mm-hmm. And when they are loosened, then the sails start to flap around right. all crazy. So um, that's what that that's what three sheets in the wind means when the, the, the those like chains or those ropes get too loose and then start to let the these sails go wild. Yeah, tie them down. Yeah, you gotta tie them down. Now, in the 1800s, we we started seeing these in more captains' <laughs> diaries. And <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> this guy's got nothing to do. Um, and there was a, a novel, also The Fisher's Daughter from 1824, and one of the lines was, Wolf replenished his glass at the request of Mr. Blust, who instead of being one sheet in the wind, was likely to get to three before he took his departure. And his fish was a daughter. <laughs> and three, it's not like three sheets in the wind and that's that's the end. It's the level of sheets in the wind because there were dozens of sheets. Oh, shit. So we just, for some reason, we never hear like right, seven sheets right. in the wind or 12 sheets in the wind. You know? So it's one sheet in the wind. Interesting. You know, in the beginning of the night, I was one sheet in the wind, but by then I was 43 sheets in the wind. Yeah, okay. You know what I, mean? I, you know, I bet you that that's because... You know, you, you think sheets as the sails, right? Yeah, right. And I feel like some of those ships, you're just like, oh, you know, three big sails, you know? Yeah, one, one, two, two three. Three sheets in the wind. Three sheets and a huh But yeah, I'd like to, I would like to know the maximum amount of sheets that you can be. Yeah, there's dozens. So let's say, let's uh, go with uh, 36. Uh, all right. That is the new... That's the new But I think you're almost standard. dead. I mean, I think you're hospitalized at 36 sheets in the wind. Yeah. And another important or significant mention uh, comes from Robert Louis Stevenson's Treasure Island, Long John Silver, who I was talking about earlier. The archetypal one-legged pirate-carrying pirate. And he said, maybe you think we're all a sheet in the wind's eye, but I'll tell you I was sober. Oh, yeah. It's a sheet's in the wind. But I wonder if he really was. No, no. He's like, sober for me is not the same as sober for you. <laughs> Pirates are pretty much drunk all the time. <laughs> exactly. So there's now, are you ready for the twist? Oh, yeah. There's a little bit of a twist. I'm ready for the twist. Pretty much everyone agrees that that's where Three Sheets in the Wind comes from. There's one other thing, though, which has nothing to do with uh, nautical stuff, which was a little, I was like, ah, oh, kind of stinks. But it's still pretty interesting because mm-hmm. it goes back to... Um, tilting at windmills. Whoa, look who's back. Darn, when we're, Hardy. When we look at a windmill, there's there's four of those. Yeah. They're called sails, I think, actually. And, uh, you know, there's um, sheets that are wrapped over the actual frame yeah. of all of those. So when one of them comes undone, it's like catastrophic. To, it can destroy the whole windmill. Oh, sure, because it so, would... Uh... It's three sheets in the wind as opposed to the four. Of the oh, windmill. okay, because one gets damaged or yeah. ripped, or ripped up. Or yeah, whatever. right. So if one gets damaged and there's only three going, it can really mess up all yeah, the I machinery. Yeah, like it could throw the whole thing off kilter. Right, it can go out of balance, and and then it's it's totally done, and it it all starts to kind of like shake and yeah. shudder. So then it becomes like a it looks like takes on the appearance of a drunken person because it's like moving like that. Yeah. So or there's a monster. Or a monster. So those those are the two possibilities where that came from. I'm always going to go with the boat. Yep. You know me, though. 
people people like boats There's something very majestic and freeing uh, about being out, out on in the, the water sea. out in the sea no bosses <laughs> uh, except the captain well yeah but, but you don't work for him yeah well because you're not making any money <laughs> right you're still away eating rats right but well, you got to eat the rats before they eat you. Yeah, that's that goes without saying. So, uh, so there you go. An unprecedented four idioms for your listening pleasure. They said it couldn't be done. They said that, and we proved them wrong again. And uh, we we just wanted to thank uh, the the good people at uh, Garfield Incorporated for sponsoring <laughs> this episode. And uh, thanks for all the free lasagna that you sent us. It was a yes. <laughs> Just a dandy, nice, smooth, hot mm, uh, layer. layer. Just all uh, oh, the lasagna, the, the cheeses, and the, the, the rats, noodles, the, and the rats, and the. Yeah, that's all. That's all we got. That's that was, it. That was good. All right. Do you have any last words for the people? Send us an email. Don't be an idiot at gmail.com. Next time we say we're going to be in the park doing something, you better show up because the lines were so long. We didn't get a chance to let everyone eat crow before us. That's right. Long lines. Well, yeah, the lines were so long that we, we had we to just, just we yeah, saw we, no one. We just, <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't. It's kind of like when you see a sea of people and you can't make out any details. Yes. It was sort of like that yes. kind of thing. So whatever it was talking about earlier, how no one came. It's really Everyone too came. many people came. Yeah. So uh, we're going to have secret, lo- no, like secret locations. We're not yet. Yeah, we're going to just be places and maybe you'll run into us by accident. Or maybe we, maybe we won't show up. Maybe we'll, we'll waste, be watching you. We'll waste your time. Right. Because, you know, Cause we you, do it every week anyway. Yeah. You know, we're just <laughs> here doing this and uh, <laughs> I guess, uh, and that's good for us. All right. Well, live from Japan. We'll see you next time. And uh, this has been another episode of Don't Don't Be an Idiot.